The people behind InfoTrack include executive producer Randy Meyer, reporters Taryn McCall and Roy Mackey, engineer Robert Sark, and our announcer Charlie Van Dyke. Internet services by Pear.com. I'm Chris Whitting. We'll see you next week right here for another edition of InfoTrack. TalkZone.com Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Hey, welcome to the Two Guys and a Mic show, TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. One hour of sports talk each and every weekday. That's what we do here from 10 to 11 o'clock. The coach and the big dog at your service. Plenty, plenty, plenty to talk about from an extremely busy sports weekend. Obviously, NFL football first and foremost in our minds today, but uh, we don't want to forget a great slate of college football games on Saturday, including the number one ranked and what many people thought was unbeatable automatic lock into the BCS championship game. There's never a sure thing, folks, in sports. That's the beauty of sports. The Alabama Crimson Tide go down. We had the big Chicago Marathon in the city yesterday. Baseball playoffs. Oh, yeah. We don't want to forget a little October baseball going on and some news and notes off the sports page as well. We will attempt to talk about all that in the next 56 minutes and 12 seconds, but who's counting? Uh, and right now, we do not have the big dog on the line with us. We're hoping to get him in just a little bit. So it's uh, myself, the coach, flying solo. If you want to play the part of the co-pilot, you're more than welcome to do so. Our phone lines will be open throughout the show, 888-463-6748. The good news and the bad news about calling in. The good news is uh, we get you right on. You get to make your comments here on Worldwide Internet Sports Radio. The bad news is, uh, we, you know, in full disclosure, you do have to spend a brief moment of time talking to our producer, David Olson, which can be a somewhat painful experience. But um, look at the bright side. For you, the caller, it's maybe 10 to 15 seconds. For me, it's a daily 15 to 20-minute session. So count your blessings. That kid, of course, our producer... Oh, bitch, bitch, (laughs) bitch. Our producer on the other side of the glass, David Olson, joining us. Uh, And again, lots to talk about. Of course, we played... Beat the Schmoes, our popular football game on Friday, our football prediction game. I was very, very confident coming off of a 3-0 and week the week before, and my confidence has now been shot down as I uh, follow up a 3-0 and week with a 1-2 and week. I picked the wrong games. That was the problem. I remember on Friday's show, I said I had seven games that I really felt good about. Seven games. Five NFL games, two college games. And then, of course, for Beat the Schmoes, you can only pick three games. Well, I picked the wrong three. I went one and two. The games that I felt confident about, the other four that I didn't pick, all came through. Minnesota plus the 22 against Wisconsin came through barely. Barely, but it came through. Illinois. No way should Penn State be the favorite against the fight in the line. Illinois are going to make the game close. Well, it wasn't close. It was Illinois in a blowout. And then I had a couple of NFL games, too. I thought Jacksonville over Buffalo was a great pick. I thought the Giants over the Texans were a great pick. Both of them were great picks. Unfortunately, they're not the ones I made to pick. So in our Beat the Schmoes, I went one and two. Very dismal. David Olson, our producer, uh, who you also went one and two? I was also one and two, yeah. Man, discouraging. 
Very, very discouraging for this move. We'll find out what the big dog went. Hopefully he did better. The sad thing is both those games were going my way, and then it didn't turn out that way. Spoken so. like a true gambler. Exactly. He <laughs> missed it by this much. Aren't you glad we don't bet actual money? Because this this is exactly the, you know. And then you have a game that close the next week, you bet a little bit more, then just throw out the fishing pole, get the hook, reel you in, and boom. There you are, legalized gambling, and you're in debt, and you've got some guy named Bruno chasing after you. All right, forget about the uh, beat the schmoes. Let's talk about the games. First of all, NFL Sunday right here in Chicago. Our uh, Bears getting uh, a victory, I guess, 23-6 to over the Carolina Panthers. Not exactly the most impressive performance in the world. In fact, on the offensive side of the football, uh, they ran the ball fairly well. Fairly well. First couple of series, anyways, after that. It was pretty good. First couple of series, they were outstanding. Matt Forte cup, breaking a couple of big runs and uh, showing a burst, I think a 68-yarder around the left end where he actually made some people miss. Great job by Forte. They looked very good. And then after that, it was, uh, and again, the Bears won. And we kind of speak locally here out of the city of Chicago, and then we'll venture out into some other of the NFL games. We'll, of course, do our regular Monday segment, the NFL, round them up and wrap them up, arguably. Arguably the highlight of our Monday show. Many people would probably say very arguably. But um, after that, it was, I believe, interception, punt, punt, interception, punt, punt, interception, punt, and then they brought a new quarterback in. I mean, it was brutal. It was brutal. As bad as the Bears were, the Carolina Panthers. And again, when I say bad, we tend to, in this society, I think we fall in the trap of starting to look for the negative over the positive. So it was a brutal from an offensive standpoint. Let us not forget that both the Bears and Carolina, even though they gave up 23 points, even though they gave up a couple of long runs by Matt Forte, after that they adjusted very, very well. Carolina Panther defense played easily, easily well enough to win the game. So while we could say it was brutal football and not good football, let's let's make sure we're being specific. That was from the offensive side of the football. Both teams defensively outstanding. Some great individual efforts, including the ex-Panther, now Chicago Bear, Julius Pepper, who made uh, a bunch of good plays. One, one highlight real play, where he not only blocked the ball, but then from his knees exploded into an interception, caught the deflection. I mean, that was impressive. It was a but from an offensive standpoint, absolutely brutal. Carolina, Jimmy Clausen was better at Notre Dame than he is at Carolina. And I, I don't know if the Bears' coverage was that great. I tend to think, and I like our defensive backs. I don't think they're the best in the NFL, but I think you know our defensive back felt pretty good. There was not a Carolina in Jimmy Clausen's defense. There was not a Carolina receiver open all day. Every pass that he made, the receiver was covered. He had to throw, like, the perfect pass, or the receiver had to go up and make the perfect catch. Now, I don't know if that system or the inability of the receiver can't be that hard to find some space and get open. But the Carolina Panthers, at least from what we saw, unless Jimmy Cawson was throwing to all the covered receivers. Maybe there were guys open on the other side of the field. We'd have to, you know, analyze the tape like the uh, coaches do. But, but from what we saw on television, there was just nobody open, and even the few times they were barely open, Jimmy Clausen couldn't hit him. So the Carolina Panther defense was absolutely brutal. The Chicago Bears, not much better, though. They ran the ball decently, but that passing game, absolutely embarrassing. Here's a team that won. That won a National Football League game. 23-6, to and they completed one. One pass down the field. How do you do that? 
How do you do that? And the one pass down the field was in the fourth quarter after the game was decided. One pass. Couple of screens. Couple of quick slants. That's about it. I think Todd Collins, what was it? Six passes completed. Six for 16 for 32. Yeah, one pass down the field. If you're listening out in the Indianapolis area, or the New England area, or the New York area, or the Denver area, where you've got actual passing games and actual quarterbacks, and I could list about five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve more cities. It's it's almost unfathomable. Or the Green Bay area coming off a tough, tough overtime defeat. Or even Washington now with Donovan McNabb. Just about everybody else. One pass down the field. One. Completed. And the Bears win 23 to 6. Absolutely amazing. You would think maybe, you know, if someone told you that in a junior high game. Okay. You know, maybe in a high school game, maybe a small school high school game, a National Football League game, and you had a ball club, the NFL team win a game going away by completing one legitimate down the field pass. And that pass, by the way, was thrown by the backup to the backup, uh, Caleb Haney who threw a pretty nice pass to Johnny Knox. Johnny Knox. Hopefully Caleb Haney will be the backup quarterback by now. But I find that absolutely, absolutely amazing. Bears are 4-1, though, so go figure. 4-1, and, and uh, again, they should be 3-2. and two. By the way, Dave, I, sometimes perspective, uh, the wisdom of years can, can give you a different perspective. So it's been a while since I watched the uh, repeat of the Calvin Johnson catch. The last play, if fans remember that, uh, that was ruled a non-catch because of the, the nondescript NFL rule. So maybe, you know, three or four weeks up, I watched it again and then played it back. Didn't have to play it back. That, and I hate to bring up old salt in the wounds here. It was a catch. And again, now I'm looking back at it three, four weeks where the emotions are not so high. Uh, folks, the Detroit Lions won that game. That was a catch. You could tell me all you want about spirit of the rule. Or not spirit of the rule, about a letter of the law. You can repeat, oh, the referees called it the way it's written, it's a bad rule. No. Referees called it incorrectly. Anybody that knows football, anybody that has instincts for football, that was a catch the Bears actually are three and two. And the Lions should have two wins. And sometimes the wisdom of perspective, David, I was able to watch that play yesterday after not seeing it for about three weeks. Got to let it go, coach. Yeah, I do. I was going to let it go. You got to let it go. Just. <laughs> Move on with your life. It, well, <laughs> I do, but but I think a lot of other of our uh, sportscasters in the Chicago area keep talking about how we're four and one and four and one, and there's like no mention back to that game. There does need to be an asterisk. I need, I know, I need to let it go. Uh, but but anybody that yeah, they're four and one. But does anybody really think oh they're four and one? They're a legitimate threat at four and one. Yes. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, there are. And it's those people are the ones that I want to remind you that we're actually three and two. Yeah, it, it, it's a lot of problems with this team. Mm-hmm. A lot of problems with this team. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, and I think the worst that could happen is if they, you know, continue winning with this lack of momentum, um, and then end up making the playoffs, and then the entire coaching staff and the entire front office is retained again. Mm-hmm. It'd be terrible, for, terrible for the franchise. Is that what they would call the false positive? Exactly, exactly. I just, I, I, I truly think it's time to blow this whole experiment up and start, start over fresh. You know. Mm-hmm. 
This is this is coming after a twenty-three to six victory. Can you imagine if we actually were losing some football games? I mean, but part of it is we we are somewhat educated football fans, and we've seen what's going on on the Bears. Clearly, at least on the offensive side of the football, not a good team. Hey, things can change. Things could change. And the other aspect of it, Dave, is you know you look at the Bears. Go over the rest of the NFC teams. Everybody has issues. You tell me right now who's going to be in the Super Bowl. More, more than any year I can remember, it's very hard to pick out really good football teams. Indianapolis Colts, if you like field goals. Peyton Manning, zero touchdown, and they're zero touchdown passes yesterday. They're a nice team, but they're not dominant. I guess it would say maybe the best statement of the NFL right now, and again, I'm, I'm a fan of parody. I don't mind parody. I like parody. I don't consider that a negative thing. I think it's a good thing. But the best indication of parody in the NFL and the fact that maybe we're too hard here in Chicago that nobody else is any good either is right now you'd have to say the best team in the NFC. If you had to pick a super, the, the one team that looks a little bit dominant is the New York Giants. New York Giants looking very, very good two, two weeks ago prior to last Sunday's game. So let's make that nine days ago. People were talking about the New York Giants falling off the uh, the cliff. Tom Coughlin might not make it to the end of the season. Underachievers, problems in New York. Two weeks later, nine days later. Right now, I think you'd have to say the New York Giants, the top team in the NFC. All right, let's welcome in the big dog, Joel Redwanski, my regular co-host joining us. Uh, who knows where he's joining us from? You never know what the big dog, but big dog, welcome to two guys in a mic. Are you a first-time listener, long-time uh, caller? The first time I've ever listened, i got to be quite honest with you, I'd much rather be on the show than yes. actually listening to it. Brutal. Yeah, very painful to listen. It's much better being a host than a listener on this show. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. How are you, dog? Uh, doing pretty well, Coach. You know, I, I didn't hear your little diatribe about the about the Chicago Bears. I don't know if you were complaining. I just assumed while I was watching it that you were complaining because they weren't passing enough. I just, I just no. assumed like that. I was like, yeah, <laughs> no. Coach is going to be upset no. that they're winning no, no. and they're not passing enough. With Todd Collins, a quarterback, you can hand off all you want, my friend. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dude, this is one of those things that it was so hard to watch as a Bear fan. I was like, I'm going to just <laughs> enjoy how ugly this game is. It, it was Oh, it was that abysmal. I, I like the fact that he took last week's talking about Todd Collins. There, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I hate to get down on him, but, I mean, he's absolutely brutal as a quarterback right now. He took last week's eight quarterback rating, which is unheard of, and brought it, it down two points. He had a six quarterback rating, which is off the charts behind the line. That is absolutely abysmal, Coach. I mean, you could have a six-quarterback rating and it happen in the NFL. All kidding aside, the best offense the Carolina Panthers had was when Todd Collins was thrown. They, that, yeah. they, they caught the ball more, and again, I'm only half kidding here. When, to, when our quarterback, when those occasional throws, that they had more open receivers, if you want to call them, than when their own quarterback was back looking for open people. Right, you, you know, Coach. I, I don't. I didn't want to play afraid, but you know, I was. I was telling my buddies, I was like, "Shouldn't the Bears even kick the ball to this team? Should they just kick it out of bounds? I think the only chance they have a score to yeah. touchdown is on a kick return or an interception return." Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree a hundred percent with you. It, it was. <laughs> it was ugly. Steve Rosenblum oh, Tribune. Ugly, yeah. I, I'm not a big Steve Rosenblum fan because he's a pretty negative guy. He did have one good line though. He said the Bears used the run yesterday to set up the interception. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because it's it's sadly it's 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 humorous and it's truth. Yes, it is. Oh 
goodness. But big dog, we tend to look at the negative, and I said this at the start of the show too. No, uh, no the, the I, positive I, I, is the Bears and the Panthers. I mean, both teams you can say, oh, it's crummy football game, but both teams defense has played very, very well once again. Absolutely, coach. I mean, the the fact that you know, you know, you're you're a Bears fan, you get ugly games every once in a while. If all of a sudden you're going to play like you have earlier, been able to pass the ball and all this other stuff, so. You know, I don't mind this happening, especially just figuring out a, a way to win. But, you know, sometimes you're going to get ugly football. And you were talking about, you know, parody in the NFL while I was sitting here listening to you for 10 minutes, but letting you hang over the edge. Coach, <laughs> I, this is, this, it goes like this. A bear is chasing two guys. And one of them says to the other one, hey, we got to outrun that bear. And the other one says to the other one, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. That's what it's like. Okay. That's... I mean, it, that's, it, everybody has issues uh, you know, in the NFL right now. It, it's funny. Whoever wins this Super Bowl this year might be the worst Super Bowl champion of all time. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I, I don't see any really good team. I'm not Forget great team. I don't see any really good team in the mm-hmm. NFL this year. Would you agree with me? And by the way, I forgot a new tradition here, if you would, Big Dog. I know you're not with me, but I've got the play like our talk like a champion today poster in honor of our uh, Notre Dame fight, fighting Irish in their locker room uh, sign that says play like a champion today. So reach up, if you will, touching the sign right now. Talk like a champion today, my friend. All right, Coach. Thank I'm tapping it. Would you agree right now if you had to pick in the NFC, it's the New York Giants as the one team that potentially could be that standout team, and, and how ironic, because nine days ago it was a team that was falling apart. You know that's oh, that's a, that's a tough call, Coach. I guess right now, as you look at it, it, it could be the Giants. But can the Cowboys get their act together? Can they start actually utilizing no. their running backs? I mean, they could be the team that actually turns it around in the NFC. Yeah, the that, same Cowboys that got yesterday. beaten. They got beaten yesterday. Yeah, but I mean, if they get in the playoffs, they're the they're the team. They're like the Chicago Cubs of two thousand and four. Oh, mm-hmm. you don't want to face them in the playoffs. You know, so uh, but. Uh, as through these games so far, uh, the Bears' defense has played pretty dominantly. You know what I mean? If they can get their running game and their offensive line together, it, it could be the Bears, coach. Mm-hmm. So you know, right. I, I was what I was when I was watching this game yesterday. Somebody brought up the fact that the, the year that the Panthers whooped the Bears in the playoffs. Do you remember that year? Oh yes. And I'm and I was thinking I was like, you know, that year the Bears went into Carolina and put a beat down. On the Panthers, Zach Jake alone like eight times, hit them like another ten. They didn't even rush with blitzers; they just kept coming with four. And I'm thinking maybe the Bears will face the Giants in the playoffs, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Mm. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe like the Bears' offensive line shows some pride, shows okay. some heart. Uh, Mike Martz uh, adjusts properly this time, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they go up in New York and they beat them. It's so. a good angle. That's a good angle. As embarrassing as that last Sunday's game was, what you're saying is if you're the Bears coaches, don't throw away that tape. We might want to show that uh, to our ball club before, oh, say, maybe a NFC championship game. I don't know if he showed it to Cutler because, you know, he was hit hard enough that he doesn't remember <laughs> it, and I don't want to scare him going yeah. into the game. Yeah. I don't know what would be more important, the, important, the adjustment that Cutler could make off it or actually the, how frightening it must be to actually see. I went through that, you know. 
It's like you don't want to show somebody a yeah. car accident that they were in that they don't remember. You yeah, don't need to. Right, you are right about that. No question about it. 888-463-6748, our phone number. You want to join the coach and the big dog? We'll talk some college football as well. By the way, big dog, before you got on, we uh, uh, redisclosed our Beat the Schmoes football picks. David Olson and myself, both a somewhat less than mediocre one and two. I'm hoping that you can give us a little brighter news on our Beat the Schmoes football picks. Well, I'm going to have to listen to the show, Coach, because I either went 2-1 and one or 3-0, and oh, and I, I honestly don't know which one it is because I, I am not sure what three of the four games that I picked. Let's see if we I can walk. I was in the midst of doing something. Uh, you, had I Min- pick, uh, you had Minnesota plus the 22. That I remember. That that one. Okay. And you LSU and, and um, Florida, you made a pick on that game, right? Yes, I did, and I won that one plus did, the seven. Who did you LSU. pick? You picked LSU? Yes, I did. All right, so you're 2-0. and oh. What were the two games in dispute? Uh, did I take NC State versus Boston College? Yes. I was 3-0 and oh then on Beat the Schmoes. What? Just to make sure, what's the other game that you were in question with? Baylor versus Texas Tech. Ooh, I remember that one, too. Yeah, we're going to go 3-0. and oh. We need a 3-0. Nicely okay, done. I'm pretty sure I went three and zero. Yeah, and plus nice. the week, so uh, yeah. I, I, the, I mean, we can't listen to Friday's show. That's why I wasn't sure which three I picked. Mm-hmm. Well, we can actually you know, do that if anybody wants to uh, fight through 56 minutes and 12 seconds of uh, somewhat painful talk show experience. All of our shows are available, Big Dog, via the archive at talkzone.com or www.twoguysmike.com. So don't kid yourself; you can go back and listen. Uh, it, it, it just David Olson, if you don't mind, because uh, I know you hate speaking with the two of us. You hate to be reminded that you're actually on the show. Can somebody actually get the video footage of Coach, like uh, on the archives, is it, or is it just the sound archive? Just the sound archives. But website okay. archive okay. is coming in the future. Yeah, we're, I'm going to need I'm going to need your uh, like a picture of your coach because like okay. uh, somebody was when we were actually doing the show the other day uh-huh. we were saying something it went along with something that we had videotaped uh, at the at what okay. do you call it the mayoral race. Okay. And when I was ripping these guys for not saying anything, we're going to like do it all together. So okay, uh, it, it's too bad that your your uh, video is not downloadable, coach. Because I really I, I miss you. I want to see what you look like. Well, you would probably be in a party of one there. I think it's for the most part it's very good that my video is not uh, downloadable. But uh, David, you got to check out. Uh, speaking of videos, the big dog making his football picks and on www.chitownmix.com. Did you see it? David is shaking his head. You got to check it out. Big, very nice production, by the way, by your uh, by your production people. Who is I, I got to be honest. I didn't know that they were going to give me that much. So I, I, the next ones are going to be a lot better. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? I went in there not knowing that they were going to mm-hmm. do all that for me, or he was going to do all that for yeah, me. Yeah, there so. were there were some good graphics, some good uh, special effects, if you will, and it was all featuring your. Uh, La, uh, round, large cranium was in full view the entire segment. Well, that's good, Coach. I think that's well, all that's I really a, have. It's a matter of perspective. I would have rather seen your calves, but uh, you know, probably your second best attribute is your head next to your calves. Well, if, if you want to talk um, <laughs> like college football, the the luckiest coach again this week was Les Miles, and that's what my whole Florida LSU uh, segment was about: is how lucky Les Miles gets all the time. Mm-hmm. And did you happen to see how LSU beat Florida this weekend, Coach? 
I saw highlights only. I saw Urban Meyer before the game trying to pump his arms up, you know, get the crowd fired up in the game and stuff, and obviously it did not work. Florida at home losing to LSU, but I, I do not know the particulars. Well, basically, uh, Urban Meyer pretty much admitted it that uh, Les Miles has a horseshoe up his rectum. Okay, after the game <laughs> is basically what he said. Uh, LSU lines up for a 53-yard field goal at the end of the game, and I tell all my buddies, the fakeness, dude. There's no way LSU is going to kick this field goal. This guy Was can't it? make it. And you know, and you know how Les Miles goes. Well, they run a fake where the kicker runs parallel to the line of scrimmage. Okay, I did and see goes that. Get the lateral instead of kicking the ball at the snap. Do you understand yep. what I mean? I, I saw the the highlight of that. Yep. And the holder throws it over his head. First of all, it, it it's very close to going forward, but the ball hit the ground and bounces. Now everybody knows when a football bounces, it bounces directly where you want it, right? No, absolutely not. It goes in any direction that you have no idea where it can go. It's a football. It bounces perfectly straight up into the kicker's arms, who runs for the first down. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? How how much how much time was left, and was the game tied at that point? No, they were down by one. How much no, time? No, hold on. They were down by three at the time. Excuse me. They were down by three at the time. So this would have been this field goal would have been to uh, tie the game. How much time and left? They were about thirty-two seconds. Okay, so that was the game. This so if the ball doesn't bounce gently, uh, no first down, no field goal, game over. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. It was a fourth and one situation, yep. and uh, they make the first down. They make, mm-hmm. and then immediately get into the line of scrimmage and and call the play. And that Tolliver kid broke another tackle. Their wide receiver who looks like he's a running back, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, just the end of that game was just absolutely phenomenal. But it just SEC football coach. I'm a diehard Big Ten fan. I always will support the Big Ten, but I watch every single SEC football game I can. I really need to get a life on Saturday, basically. You probably do. Saturday, I taped uh, and watched Illinois Penn State. I did, as advertised, Big Dog, living up to, uh, and this is not just radio stuff. I went to Northwestern, a nice 20 minute jaunt from my house, got there about 4 35 o'clock, an hour and a half before game time, walked around and caught all the revelry that is Northwestern football. The uh, tailgating, the uh, little party, the marching band out in the, what they call Wildcat Alley, etc. Uh, went to the Northwestern game and then came home after the game and watched the tape. After fortunately not finding out the score of Michigan State and Michigan. So I was all Big Ten all day. Oh, the Michigan-Michigan State game, excellent ball game uh, early on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just Michigan State just, you know, just ran away with it in the last quarter and a half of the game. But Better all-around team. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. They absolutely are. And uh, they can run the football. Definitely they, can run the football. They got three, as I said before, uh, and you want to talk some college football, we'll do a round them up, wrap them up in the NFL. We'll go over all the games coming up after the next break. Don't you worry. Uh, and if you want to talk about those games, you can call us up, 888-463-6748, talking some college football as well. But um, now I forgot, of course, what statement I was going to make. Oh, Michigan State. Their third running back, kid named Capers, he would start for probably half the Big Ten teams. That's how strong they are in depth. He would be the number one running back for Northwestern, for Purdue, for Indiana, probably a couple other teams as well. And the two guys starting in front of him, uh, Edwin Baker and the kid, uh, is it LaShawn? Not LaShawn. Latheon Bell? Yeah, it's something L. Bell. LaDeon Bell. It's one of those L.A. apostrophes. LaDeon Bell. That dude, and I think he's a true freshman, maybe a sophomore. Yeah. He's an NFL running back right now. He is outstanding. 
Well, I don't know about right now, Coach. I do. But, yeah, he's good. He is absolutely good. He can definitely yeah. run with the ball in the NFL, but I, I don't know if he'd be able to, like, uh, take on Julius Peppers on a block mm. or anything like that. But, I yeah, he's he's, he's he's ready right now. Edwin Baker, the touchdown maker, awfully good. And they have a quarterback who is good, but he is great as a team leader. Kirk Cousins has clearly taken over that team with his leadership, and uh, he's got those, uh, quote-unquote, intangibles as a quarterback. That's an out standing collegiate football team, the Spartan of Michigan State. Yeah, they are They are a really good team, and the, I, I've been on their bandwagon for the last couple of weeks, but uh, I, I, hopefully they don't play so well next week and they take on my fight in the line eye because uh, it, mm. i got to say something. I'm so happy with that team, Coach. And, and you know, I, I do a lot of bitching about Illinois football, you know, and I've done it over the last couple of years, but i, I got to tell you, I'm really happy with them right now. Mm-hmm. All I just want to do is just – Block well, tackle well, take care of the football, play good football. You know what I mean? Don't, don't embarrass yourself. Well, well so. they had nothing to be embarrassed about this particular Saturday. They played an all-around game, Coach. It was awfully good to be a Illini fan watching them play uh, in Penn State yeah. in Happy Valley. And, yeah. and basically putting a beatdown on Penn State, a beatdown, Coach. Not basically. It was a, a, a veritable, realistic beatdown, 33-13 to 13 at Penn State. And Penn State. Their offense, big dog, basically it was watching the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. If you watch Carolina Panthers, how inept they were on offense. That was mm-hmm. exactly the way Penn State was. I mean, that's that was almost criminal, the way they played offense against Illinois. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, I, they're, there's so few talent on that team offensively. You know, some, everyone's like, oh, you know, Joe Paterno's got to go, got to go. And all of a sudden, you know, right when they're having a, a rough season, he's got to go again. Like, because well. they're... You know, they're one of the five, te- they're not one of the five teams in the country that never have a rough season. So now he's got to go all of a sudden, but there's no talent on there. I don't think it's his basic offense. There's nobody out there for him to, to get anything done. He's got a, a freshman quarterback out there who's bad. Yeah, should not be playing. He, he, he's the kind of kid who should be an understudy for two years and then play as a junior. He clearly is not ready for prime time yet. You know, Penn, that keeps on happening to Penn State coach. They get like a kid that starts as a freshman, and then they don't get any recruits for like two years, okay, because no one wants to, no decent quarterback wants to go there because they're going to sit the bench, and then they usually get stuck with another freshman quarterback in four years, kind of like what happens mm-hmm. at Purdue. You know, Purdue, that's not, I guess it's not that bad, but like Purdue had like four consecutive guys that started for four years, mm-hmm. you know, like right in a row, like Drew Brees, Kyle Orton, Curtis Kurt, Painter. Curtis Painter, yeah. You know, so it, there was a guy, then the guy right after that, that French dude. Or Mavis, no, the, the guy that got hurt last year. So uh, sometimes that's good for a, a school. Sometimes it's bad. And right now it's really bad for Penn State. Well, and I think the problem for Penn State, too, you could say they're not getting the great players anymore. Part of the reason they're not getting the great players is because a lot of those top high school recruits don't necessarily want to go play for 80-something-year-old Joe Paterno right now. So, you know, you got to know when your time is up. And I think a couple of years ago, Joe Pop probably should have stepped aside. But it's definitely watching that Penn State team—a very ordinary offensive line, no wide receivers of any uh, of any note of any significance. And then the running backs—you know—they had one of the top returning runners in the Big Ten, Evan Royster, but he's playing with no joy right now. He's just kind of running the football with no enthusiasm, no joy at all. So it's a Penn State There's team that was in not. The box, coach. What's that? There's 11 in the box against him. Get away. There's no, 11 in the box against that, him. That's part of it. That's part of it indeed. Illinois, though, 
first of all, you know, as an Illinois fan, I'm a little bit affronted by your description of that. You set the bar a little bit low. I just want the team not to embarrass ourselves and so and so and so and so. I think, and I don't think you meant it that way, but for as an Illinois fan, we're looking for that bar set a little bit higher and to reach. Well, no, I, you know I am, Coach. Yes. You know, I, I didn't mean to okay. come off as being negative, but after what we went through last year, I was really worried going into this season, as I'm saying, because mm-hmm. that, that's all. I, I Trust me, I, I want it to be more than, oh, don't embarrass yourselves. I want it to be every year, hey, how big of a bowl can they go to? Can they contend for a Big Ten championship? I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's what I want it to be. And the answer I, is they can't until they start passing the ball downfield. I'm starting. Starting to come your way on the uh, redshirt freshman Nathan Shieldhouse. Emphasis on starting. But I do like his running ability and athleticism. That's never been doubted. The other thing I'm noticing is a moxie confidence for a redshirt freshman. Pretty good. I tell you, you were talking about intangibles with, with cousins yes. of uh, this, uh, Michigan State. So that's what, this is what the kid has. And this yeah. was the first game that wasn't dropsies all over the field by the mm-hmm. Illinois receivers. This is yeah. the first time I think they caught everything. So I am starting oh. to see that leadership and stuff like that. So that is very, very good. However, still. Very, very few. Now, his short pass is pretty accurate, but still they do not have a down-the-field passing game, and I would question if you're going to be able to team like Michi- beat a team like Michigan State if you can't throw the 15-yarder on third and 12. But I'm um, starting starting to come your way on Nathan Shieldhouse. Either way, next Saturday should be a, a interesting game to watch. Yeah, where do you think the spread is on that? Just, just throw it where, out where's the game at? At East Lansing. All right. I would State. say it's Michigan State favored by seven. Maybe eight. Michigan State is nine and a half. Okay. I said seven, maybe I eight. Take Illinois, I was like, I thought they'd make Illinois like a 13-point underdog, and I was going to take no. Illinois, but then I saw nine yeah. and a half, and I'm yep. like, oh, man. Yep. So Not yet. Not yet. Not after beating Penn State 33-13. to 13, You're not going to see that. How about Big Dog? we uh, – yeah, one hour here, it's hard to get into everything, but we, let's get to some other college football real quick. How about the number one team in the country? The Alabama Crimson Tide going down the defeat against the Gamecock of South Carolina. Uh, I'm assuming you were shocked like many others. Uh, yeah, Coach, I was actually getting shocked while it was happening. Really? I, I, I was never, yeah, it was very difficult. You want to talk yeah, about it? I was going through. No, I don't want to talk about it. It was absolutely embarrassing. But, uh, you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, this, this underdog team came up with the perfect game plan, uh, figured out a way to shock the number one team. They punched the number one team in the mouth. I, I watched every snap of that game. They, they rushed the quarterback. They stopped the run. They basically threw the ball whenever they needed to. And most importantly, they ran it whenever they needed to. They, it was a, it was a pretty solid victory mm-hmm. by the, the Gamecocks. Let, let's not like forget about anything like that. So, no, it wasn't trickery. It wasn't gimmicks. Uh, very good point brought up you by you. They won it straight up, and probably the first time I can ever remember Big Dog collegiately or in his brief NFL career that I ever, ever rooted for a Steve Spurrier coach team. But uh, last Saturday was one. What do you have against Steve Spurrier? <sighs> uh, smarmy. Non-friendly, cocky, conceited, egotistical. That's just for a start. Okay. Emphasis well, on it, smarmy. It I, like, that way. I like smarmy. Not sure what it is, but smarmy seems to fit. Is that actually a word? I don't think so. Don't think so. I don't care if it's technically a word or not, as long as people know what it is. It's like my uh, use of the term epithelial. 
I don't think epithelial is an actual word, but when I use epithelial in the proper sense, people know what I'm saying, Big Doug. So I don't care about the uh, technical descriptions, you know, the Webster's Dictionary, whatever you want to call it. I'm all about reality and practicality over technicality. You know that. Yes, I, I do realize that. <laughs> Oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. Let's wrap up some college football talk. Big dog, we had uh, Ohio State winning 38-10. to Purdue knocking off our Northwestern Wildcats 20-17. to That's not a good loss for Northwestern. Pur- for, for Danny Hope and Purdue, that's a big win, though. Purdue has looked bad in every game this season, even their victories, Coach. And they go in and they beat a team that was undefeated before this game. They had a lot to play for. Legitimately, I don't care what anybody says, oh, it's Northwestern, blah, blah, blah. They were undefeated in the Big Ten, which At meant home. that they controlled their own destiny, Coach. At they home controlled as well. their own destiny. Yep. What's up? At home. Yeah, and you lose to Purdue with a backup quarterback. That's, you know what, just like how I want to hold Illinois to a, a, a different level, so do Northwestern fans. Losing to Purdue, losing to Purdue this weekend was unacceptable, and I'm sure Pat Fitzgerald will feel exactly the same way, Coach. Mm-hmm. I know it's a Big Ten team, and they're they're a lot better than they probably have showed this year, Purdue. But still, you, you don't want to lose your undefeated year to mm-hmm. the Purdue Boilermakers this season. So. I was able to get a free ticket to the game. Big Doug won't go into the whole story, but I went to the I went to the game by myself. Uh, and walking around, you know, the neighborhood and stuff, saw a few people that I know, but uh, was able to get a free ticket. But I was sitting in the Purdue section, so I got an interesting taste of the uh, visiting crowd, the Purdue fit quality people. Nothing wrong with the by the way, nothing wrong with the Boilermaker alumni at all. Good people. No, 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 no. That's not at all good people. Yeah. I've met a lot of really good people. Engineers are typically good people, coach. Very, very good. My, my only complaint was I was sitting on, on an end seat, and we were, you know, pretty packed in fairly comfortably. So, and then, like, right at the end of the first quarter, a very nice but heavy set couple comes up, and they apparently had seats four and five. So now we had to squish over, and I basically watched the last three quarters of the game, Big Dog, with one cheek on, one cheek off. That's there, not good. I'd had to mention no. something. That's that's. I would have. I'd have mentioned something. <laughs> what am I going to mention? Was there a legitimate seat? It was just. It was a tight fit, and I did have a young lady that I did not know sitting next to me that uh, I was getting to know better and better as the game went on. Much that, to, that doesn't sound so bad. Much to her chagrin. What was the expression? Boy, what's the Purdue expression? Boiler up. Yeah, did Did you get the <laughs> did, did you get the feel on that chagrin? Uh did no. You, no. Now, out of all the mascots in America, <laughs> I would have to say the one that needs deodorant the most is Purdue Pete. Boiler up. Yeah. Purdue Pete needs the roll on yeah. something, Coach. Yeah, he really does. If, if, if Extra strength, by the way. I, can, I was about 60 rows up, and I think I know exactly what you're talking about. It was either the Purdue fans or uh, what's his name, Pete? Purdue Pete. Purdue Pete. <laughs> Boiler up, baby. Boiler up. <laughs> not good stuff coach yeah. not at all oh goodness how about Boise State they uh, continue to roll Big Dog 57-14 to over the uh, always tough Toledo team uh, any thoughts on Boise State as they move on just destroying opponents uh, by the way uh, Brad Edwards who is he's part of the Harris poll and he helps work with the computers mm-hmm. all this other garbage in NCAA football says right now the number one team in the BCS when it gets announced next week, he says he says that stuff will change. 
But if it was announced this week and not next week, Coach, it would be Boise State as the number one team in the country. Interesting. And Ohio State, Ohio State, who is the number one team in the country, Mm -hmm. who is the best team, would be ranked five. Five? Five. Wow. Behind Oregon? Behind Texas Christian. Okay. And behind Auburn. Wow. Auburn. Auburn, Coach. Wow. Wow. Hey, ho. Auburn. What's Auburn's record? 4-1? 6-0. Auburn's undefeated? Yes. You sure about that? Uh, Coach, I'm really good at this stuff. Yes. All right. The Auburn Tiger undefeated. Well, there you go. When did they start releasing the BCS? Uh... It won't be until next week. But okay. this guy is part of, like, the whole Harris poll and the computers and all this stuff. And he's mm-hmm. got, like, inside information. Mm-hmm. And he says the way it's set up right now, it would be Ohio State would be the fifth ranked team in the country, even though the one the the actual coaches poll uh, has them as the number one overall team. The computers have like Ohio State like number eight in the country. Shocking, absolutely yeah, shocking. And they have and the and the computers are absolutely in love with Boise State right now. Mm-hmm. But they're saying that. After they play as San Jose State, and after they keep on playing these particular schools, it's going to start changing, and Ohio State's going to start climbing up the ranks. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, Ohio State has Wisconsin this particular weekend in, okay. in Camp Randall. So that's definitely going to help their strength of schedule. It's going to help. Uh, if they win that game, uh, they're going to move up a lot in the computer's eyes. A lot of football still to be played, young man. A lot of football for my money right now. If the BC, if national championship game right now, the two – most deserved teams would be Boise State taking on your duck from Oregon. That's I couldn't disagree more with what you're saying. Ohio State, without mm-hmm. question, belongs in the national championship game so far this year. You're going to say without question? If you're talking... Look who they've beaten just compared saying, to look who Boise State's beaten. Why? Just, just based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, Boise State had a couple big wins early in the year. Who, who has Ohio State beaten that's that great? The University of Miami's pretty good. I guess, well, Miami just yeah. got, you know, beat up yeah. by, by Florida State. Pretty Illinois good. is a lot better than people might think. That's it? That's your argument? The prosecution well, I mean, rests? Who's Boise State beat? I mean, and, and Ohio State's annihilated everybody else All that right. they played. Yeah, I guess I mean, the part. Are you going to try to tell me that the Ben Chapel led Indiana Hoosiers <laughs> are a bad football team? They were, you know, I mean, they've only had one loss one in the Ohio State game. Big fan of Ben Chapel. All right. We got to take a quick break. Big Dome, we come back. We're going to go over the uh, pro football round them up, wrap them up. Also, apparently, we're working on a video where the Big Dog is superimposed in the final mile of the Chicago Marathon, Big Dog. It's not completed yet. But we're going to talk about that. It's you, the Kenyan runner, and the Ethiopian runner in a three-man race for the finish. It's outstanding video. We'll talk about that when we come back. Two guys in a mic, TalkZone.com. Don't go anywhere. We're back in a minute.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Yes, indeed. Always fun with the big dogs in the house after a Monday of football. Lots going on in this very, very busy sports weekend. Real quick, big dog. Uh, and we do welcome everybody back. Phone lines open, as per always, here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show, 888-463-6748. Dial it up, and you too could have the, the fun and the somewhat uh, strange experience of talking to the coach and the big dog. Dog, 38,712 runners. Taking off in the Chicago Marathon, a slightly hot, warm, beautiful day, but a little bit warm if you're a marathon runner. It came down to a, actually a great two-person race at the finish. I don't know if you watched it or not, but uh, Lila, or I'm sorry, not Lila, she was the winner. Samuel Wanjero from Kenya and Sage Kabede from Ethiopia put on a great two-man race in the finish. I don't know if you watched it or not. But it was a uh, bitter rivals, coach. Bitter rivals. Yeah, it was mono versus mono. It was like a little boxing match, and you saw, even within marathon running, how strategy and the mental games can play a part too. Did you watch the final, the final mile? Uh, I have to admit, no, coach. I, I did not. I totally forgot it was even on. Mm-hmm. So no, I did not. All right. Well, we are going to uh, produce a video with you. We're working on it. Where you actually? There's like a pack of seven. Four Ethiopians, two guys from Kenya, one, I believe, from Ecuador, and then it's you. And then each guy drops off, and it's down to, like, you and the guy from Kenya racing oh, for the fin. I won't tell people how it ends, but uh, it's, it's it's very, very good. And you I'd probably have better sprinter speed than the Kenyan. Yes. The problem is the, the point two miles, you look girl. very good. The problem is the first 26 miles. <laughs> that's where you would struggle. But uh, we do want to pass our congratulations out to all the runners. Many of our listeners out there, Big Dog in the Chicago area, maybe a few of them uh, ran in the race. If you did and you want to talk about it, we're big fans of it, 888-463-6748. But Big Dog, you complete the 26.2. I don't care if it's in two hours, like the champions, or six hours. You get across that line. You have done an accomplishment, my friend. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, I thoroughly agree. I, you know, I know a lot of people that have done it, you know, and, and I, I really I would never do that to my body. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I know a lot of people have done it, and it's, it's like, look, one of the most important things I've ever done in their life athletically, yep. you know. so Yep, and mentally, to fight through that, fight through the pain and make it. David, we were talking way back when, maybe this uh, could be a TalkZone.com promotion. <clears throat> Excuse me, a big dog, you'll remember. We were going to have Joel run a marathon run, and then each, what was the deal, Joel? Each mile, you would each drink a mile, beer? I would drink a beer. A different beer. Yeah, so I would have, uh, I would drink 26.2 beers over a, a period of, a, a, I don't know, I guess <laughs> it'd take me about five or six hours to walk it. Uh-huh. Uh, but maybe about eight hours to walk it, I'm not sure. So it'd be like a jog, walk, jog, walk, but at every mile marker, you would drink a different beer. Maybe well, a great... I was thinking about just doing one, like the, a, a rolling rock or something like okay. that. I, I don't know if I really want to drink different ones, but I would if we needed us to. Well, you're probably right. For sponsorship, we get one big corporate sponsor, yeah. like a like a rolling rock. You're right, and then you drink one at each of the mile markers, and uh, maybe when you hit the point two marker, when you hit the finish line, you do a shot in the beer just to go wild. Well, I, I probably if I if I get this job with Diageo Liquors, coach, I probably can pick something <laughs> like that up. Mm-hmm. So, um, who knows, next year maybe I drink uh, 26 Guinness or something like that. Guinness mm-hmm. makes you strong. 
I like the guy, by the way. I don't know if you saw him or not. I think he was like at the 19-mile marker in the Pilsen neighborhood. He's got a big sign up. It says beer straight ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Smart ass. Oh, goodness. All right, Big Dog, ready to talk some uh, NFL football. Any other? Uh, we covered the Bears uh, pretty good. What can you say? 23-6. to six, We're 4-1. and one, Bring on the Super Bowl. Why play the other uh, 12, 11 games? There's really no need to at this point. Well, there was actually some really good football going on yesterday, Coach. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of good stuff happened. If you're a Bears fan, a bunch of NFC teams lost. I guess the only game where you would be rooting for an NFC team where they won was the NFC. Uh, was uh, the Giants over the over the Texans? It was a good day to be a Bears fan yesterday, especially considering they didn't have their starting quarterback in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was you, you look back and be like, wow, disaster didn't happen, and they actually gained on somebody. If you were a Jerry Joel Angelo right now, do you release Todd Collins? I'm assuming the million dollars is not automatic, or do you keep him on as and keep him as the two, or do you keep him on and put him down to the three? Three choices. Which way you go, Jerry Joel Angelo? Yeah. Ask if you can get Dan LaFever back from the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm with you there. Can you believe they had to cut that kid? Yep. Just so they can, you know, have, oh, we don't want to go with Dan LaFever and Caleb Haney. My goodness, I, I guarantee you right now Dan LaFever is a better NFL yep. quarterback than yep. uh, Todd Collins is. Hey, Joe, look at the good oh. news. Todd Collins, he knows the offense. Oh, yeah, yeah. He knows exactly <laughs> what went wrong every play. He can, maybe as a coach that isn't bad. Uh, so. I didn't say he could execute it, but uh, look at the positive. He does know. He knows Mike Mart's offense. Yeah, yeah, he knows it. He knows exactly what went wrong on every single play. It's, I think I think Mike Martz himself might have been more mobile in the pocket than Todd Collins. All right. Let us <laughs> let us move on. Let's uh, review the uh, NFL games from yesterday. As Joel said, there were some great matches. It's a regular Monday segment here. It's soon to be an award-winning segment. We've not been nominated, I believe, for a Lubitron Award, which oh, is heck yeah. Yeah, for this particular been segment. nominated many times. we like the Susan Lucci of the Lubitron. I think this is the year we could win a big dog, especially because we're the one who create the awards. We might as well give ourselves an award. Me and Joel's theory, Dave, is if you can't win an award, create an award show. If you can't beat them, start one. All right. It's the NFL. Round them up and wrap them up. (laughs) All right, Big Dog, let's start off with Indianapolis, Kansas City, the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. No more. The Chiefs go down to defeat 19 to 9 in a battle of field goals. Adam Vinatari, four field goals. Peyton Manning, zero touchdown passes, but the Colts still find a way to win, dog. Yeah. You know what? The Colts are going to have to do that the rest of the year until they figure out how to run the football and stop the run. Not exactly a pretty game. You're not going to get those this year with the Colts, but. You know what? It, it, Peyton Manning always figures out a way, doesn't he, Coach? He does indeed. Baltimore against Denver. Game two in the dock at the Baltimore. Raven knock it off the Denver Bronco. Kyle Horton had a big game in defeat, but it's the Baltimore Raven rushing game. The Bears found out how successful running the ball can be. The Ravens did it. was Ray Rice with a little help from Willis McGahee, and the Ravens move on. Big dog, not pretty, but a victory. Yeah, that's exactly what happened in that particular game. Ugly game. Uh, the, the Ravens get out to a, a, a big lead, and they just... Pound and chip away at the Broncos until the game is over. 31-17, Ravens. Uh, game three of the docket, big fella. Round him up, wrap him up here. Brought to you by, we don't have a sponsor yet, so we bring it to you by whoever. The New York Giants knock off the Houston Texans 34-10. to You talk about statement games, big dog. This 
was a statement, and the statement is, I, the New York Giants, am the top team in the NFC right now as they knock off Houston 34-10. to 10. Might I remind you, Doug, a very good Houston Texan team. Uh, we think it's a very good Houston Texas team and Texan team. And yes, Coach, this week we say, I, the New York Giants, want to be the best in the NFC. Two weeks from now, we won't be saying that. It'll be a different thing. <laughs> Two weeks ago, nine days ago, before the classic Sunday night battle with the Bears, remember the Giants were falling apart? Tom Coffin was going to get scared. Yeah, and how about, uh, how about our favorite wide receiver, Hakeem Nix, getting 12 catches for 140 yards. He had a breakout game. Yeah, yeah, Coach, I've been talking this kid up since he's been at North Carolina. This is no surprise. So you've been on the <laughs> Knicks bandwagon for a while? Mm-hmm. Shocking. Washington knocked off Green Bay. Speaking of shocking, well, it wasn't shocking. Call it a minor upset. They do it in overtime. 16-13. to 13. Donovan Nabb, three touchdown passes. Aaron Rodgers gets concussed. It's a new word in our language now, but he got concussed at the end of the game. And a field goal in overtime, big dog, the Redskins. Help out the better. Absolutely. That's another game that helped us out. Um, what's up with Donovan McNabb this year? He's never had good stats, but it seems like every game he's making plays to help his team win. Well, I wouldn't exactly say that's a change from years gone by. He's did, he did that for many and many a year with the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, it continues with their division rival, Washington Redskins. So. All right. And Aaron Rodgers, uh, concussed big dog. I don't know if you've been ever concussed can you give our fans any insight on how it feels to be concussed and when Aaron Rodgers might get back now you you do realize we've had this conversation like eight times about my concussion and I, yet you're the one that doesn't remember it I, <laughs> I don't recall okay well yeah it's a, who knows so he could be back tomorrow in practice and be fine he, he, it might it might he might just and more know it and not be fine until next season maybe we've been together so long big dog that the fact you've had eight concussions and I've had none. Maybe we, we've worked together so closely the last eight years, but maybe that your concussing has somehow transgressed into my brain. Is that possible? I don't think I've had eight concussions. I'd say I would go with two that's in my it? entire life. Oh, that's yeah. weak. That's weak. Eight years, four years of high school football, four years of college, and only two concussions to speak of? That's soft. I guess I wasn't trying hard enough. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next game, Big Doug. You knew it was coming. Breakout football. They were 0-4, but they're a good team. By the way, they should be 1-3. Calvin Johnson's catch did count. The Detroit Lions, all over, all over the St. Louis Rams. Breakout game for them, Big Dog. Stephon Logan with a 105-yard kickoff return. The Detroit Lions, dog, not a bad team, and they're doing it with their backup quarterback. Yeah, they're doing it with a backup, and they're doing it with line play and Dominic and Stu and their offensive line. Very, very good. And... uh you know, the Rams, all of a sudden, everybody was starting to pat them on their back. They went into that game thinking they were going to blow out the Lions, and exactly the opposite happened. Now, if they watch film of Detroit, even in their last couple of losses, like the Green Bay game where they lost by a couple of points, just actually a team playing pretty good football, just snake bit, mm-hmm. haven't quite learned how to win, but, uh, boy, they got over the hump in a big way against St. Louis. All right, next on the dock, a little bit of a minor upset here, the Tampa Bay Buccaneer, the surprise so far, maybe, of the NFL knocking off the Cincinnati Bengal, destroying my pick. My lock pick of the week and beat the Schmoes, big dog. Uh, Connor Barth with a 30-yard field goal wins the game. Tampa Bay over Cincy. I'm assuming you're surprised. Uh, You know what? Cincinnati's just one of those teams that always just figures out a way to lose, don't they? They've got all these guys with the big names and 
You always want to, you know, be in prime time, but none of those guys ever win, Coach. Ocho Cinco, Terrell Owens. Mm-hmm. What have they ever done in their football careers, Coach, besides uh, pat themselves on the back constantly? Please don't forget Cedric Benson to make it a triumvirate. Uh, you're right. I completely agree with that. Real quick now, we're down to about a minute left. Tennessee knocked off Dallas 34-27, one of the better games of the day. Chris Johnson, 134 yards. couple of touchdowns. Jeff Fisher's ball club gritty, tough. They're hanging in there, big dog in Dallas. Like you said, potential to be great. Haven't realized it yet. Well, they better start making that move awful quick, Coach, so they won't even make the playoffs at this particular pace. But you know what? Watching them, they're just a running game away from being a really, really, really good mm-hmm. football team. Yeah, Tony Romo had a big game. He's starting to click with his receivers. So I think you're right. They're one of the few NFC teams with the potential of hitting greatness. Last two games real quick to talk about. Oakland beat San Diego 35-27. 13 consecutive wins for the Chargers. Big dog. Oakland finally Breaks a streak, a breath of a uh, sigh of relief, rather, for the Oakland fans. And they did it with special teams, Coach, because um, they were blocking picks. They had two block punts. They made a bunch of field goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was pretty funny watching um, NFL primetime afterwards and Tommy Jackson being like, they couldn't punt the ball. They couldn't get a punt off. I mean, it was just pretty funny having him talking about the San Diego Giants. I mean, uh, <laughs> the San Diego Chargers, Coach. And if you're going to beat a team that has been whooping you for years, you probably will need a couple of big special team plays in order to get it done, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, they needed that victory. And finally, Mike Singletary, another tough defeat, 27-24. I don't know if we've hit the breaking point for Coach Mike, Big, uh, big Dog, but someone should definitely be following him around to make sure he doesn't hurt himself. Well, yeah, he definitely should not be <laughs> one of the scissors right now, Coach. All right. That'd Don't... be a really good decision. You Great. know, the, the 49ers were my survival football pick. You know, you get a different team every week. So I was thinking, you know what? The Niners are bad. This is one game that they're going to need. I'll burn this week on the San Francisco 49ers. And, man, about two minutes into that game, I was like, that was a big mistake. <laughs> a big mistake. All right. Dog, uh, you sound like you're a little stuffed up. Get better for tomorrow's show. And uh, use Kleenex. It can work wonders, not your hands, okay? I'm trying to, Coach. TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic signing off. Thanks for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10. Thanks. Have a great day.